Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast of raising the bar on craft cocktails. I'm your host, Louise Solace, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend, who is a giant in the food and beverage industry, the mixtress, DC Gina. Hi, Louise. I feel like you're setting me up. You're setting me up. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Well, maybe. So do you know who Peter Francisco is? Nope. Yeah, I didn't either. So are you ready for this? So Peter Francisco, he is one of the most unsung heroes of the U.S. Civil War. And um, basically what legends are made of, stuff that legends are made of. He was six and a half feet tall and known both as Virginia Giant, the Virginia Giant and the Giant of the Revolution. He's best known for supposedly wielding a six foot broadsword, which he most likely did not according to history. Peter, because that's, I call him Peter now. Uh, he was a member of the Virginia Continental Line. He gained mythic status at the Battle of Camden in South Carolina, um, where Francisco spied an American cannon mired in mud about to be captured by the British. He surged ahead into the fray. Francisco beat off the attackers, and as legend would have it, he hefted an 1,100-pound cannon barrel onto his shoulder, only to carry it right off the battlefield. So says legend anyway. Um, <laughs> so in 1975, he was commemorated um, for this feat with a United States postal stamp um, in its bicentennial series for the contributors to the cause. A uh, monument was erected um, in his honor in Guilford Courthouse National Military Park. And I quote, to Peter Francisco, a giant in stature, might and courage, who slew in, in this engagement 11 of his enemy with his own broadsword, rendering himself thereby perhaps the most famous private soldier of the Revolutionary War." End quote. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Never heard of him. But apparently he is an American either. Civil War hero. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, speaking to giants who hail from Virginia brings me to today's designated drinker. This is uh, far from his day. He's coming with that. <laughs> This is far from his debut uh, you know, on the show. So please, with no further ado, let's welcome back to the show Alexandria's original nightmare, the owner and founder of Manumission Tour Company, Councilman John T. Chapman. Welcome back, John. Thank you for having me. Yay. Well, I, I didn't know where she was going with that either. I, I was, was like, like, huh, what is interesting story. Here? Oh. I know she's going to be like, yeah. and she lived in Alexandria in your house. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's John's long lost cousin. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and they, wait, there's more. There's a trail there. No, <laughs> right. Well, thank you and welcome. Uh, thank you for having me back. Excuse absolutely. Me. Absolutely. So, what have you been up to? A little of this, a little of that. Yes. Um, you know, the uh, tourism business, kind of learning that, growing in that, um, trying to make sure Manumission Mission Tour Company kind of fulfills its mission of telling African-American history uh, here in the city uh, and learning more about that African-American history. I think for, for us, um, we've been kind of plateaued in just trying to make sure the tours we do really are, are organic and, um, give people a, a good sense of history in certain time periods. We know that we're not you know, hitting every time period, every story, every neighborhood. And so seeing how we can pull other stories from other places in um, to what we talk about. Uh, one of the things that we've been working on, which is not yet ready for release this year, we're probably gonna do it next year, um, is a West End bus tour uh, that tells black history in the West End of the city. 
Um, and much of that history is not as well known as history in Old Town um, or some of the history in uh, the Southeast Quadrant um, or some of the religious history of a number of churches here in the city. Uh, most of those tours uh, we have kind of ready to go and have researched and found out cool things about different parts and different people. Um, but the West End um, is a different animal, uh, mainly because uh, the West End of the city was not part of Alexandria uh, until the 1950s. Uh, and so having to go and re do research on that section of town um, has meant that I've had to go to Fairfax County to, to track down um, records uh, and kind of learn about it from, I would say, an outsider's perspective uh, as it relates to um, Fairfax. Uh, and so that's uh, that's been a, an interesting uh, process uh, to go through. I picture you like this, like library and like the belly of a building and <laughs> like one, one line over. That's you. right, the little green light, right? Um, and so it's been a little bit of that, right? We are um, we're scheduled later this year to go down to uh, the University of Virginia and use their library and see what um, records and materials we can uh, pull out of there to. Uh, enhance some of the stories that we're going to talk about uh, as we get rolling. Um, it's also been kind of interesting just to look at kind of our business as a whole. Uh, I think I've spent a lot more time um, actually meeting and growing my network with other tour guide operators, particularly African-American ones or folks that do African-American history. Uh, I had the chance to go to a couple of conferences um, and uh, showcase Manumission Tour Company, but also, again, network with people in that industry. Um, because a lot of our focus as a business is really starting to be around our schools and our young people and how do we get them in to see uh, this history and know about it. Um, you know, we have, we're blessed to have partnerships with schools from across the country. We've had folks from Milwaukee mainly uh, kind of come into Alexandria as part of their DC tour, hang out over here for a little bit, take a tour with us and then head home. Um, but being able to do that is, is huge and so we want to try to expand that to other uh, schools in other localities. Side note, I love Milwaukee. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love Milwaukee. Everyone should go there. Great bar scene. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Great Ooh. people. Awesome people. Awesome history. Amazing beer history. But mm. well, almost all the beers brewed there, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But I could see why people would want to come here from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Not the fact that you're in the nation's capital, but more like very similar on both on the water, both on a river, both yeah. both everything. Like a lot of there's a lot of similarities. Definitely. Yeah. Have you been there? I haven't. I haven't. Love it. Mm. I'm gonna put it. that on my list. You can You'll go see it. where Laverne and Shirley are from. You would Ooh. You would love it. Keep Maybe going. Squeaky. <laughs> I have <laughs> I wanna do the tour. I haven't done the tour. Right, we'll get you in. I have we'll not done the tour. Just, I tell folks, you know, it will take you whenever you want to go, but I always recommend the spring or early summer or early fall. Those are usually the best times in the winter. Um, and we've actually seen that as a, as a tour industry. Not, not a lot of folks want to take a tour in the middle of July and Walking August. Walking now. Right? Yeah, so mental. We're starting to have a lot more uh, activity in the spring and in the fall and kind of this, what they call the shoulder seasons. Um, oh, I never, I never heard yeah. that before. So, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh yeah. okay, that I didn't know. So it, since June has not been on the tour, many of our listeners haven't been able to make it, I would assume, because yeah. they're from all around the country. Is there one place that you just 
got to show them? Is there one person or, I mean, I've been, I've been able to do little tours with you here and there. So I haven't seen, I haven't been through the whole um, tour. How long is the tour? Let's start with that. How long well, is the tour? So we have a couple of tours, right? Yeah. Um, so our, our main tour, usually the first tour that I recommend for everybody, we call Freedom's Fight in Alexandria. Um, it is a walk from uh, the Barrett Library on Queen Street all the way down to the waterfront. So maybe about eight or not eight ends up being about eight blocks okay. um, all the way down to the waterfront. And we hit on a lot of different themes in, in history. Um, you know, at the library, uh, the library is a historic site. It's uh, the site of the 1939 library sit in. Um, and then we walk all the way down through uh, Market Square, hitting a number of sites that talk about abolitionists back in those days, that talk about uh, enslaved as well as free individuals. Um, in Alexandra's pre-Civil War history, uh, we cross a, a site where we know individuals were able to run away with the uh, support of the Underground Railroad, and we talk about their story uh, and what that meant. Um, we talk about um, a number of actually wealthy African-Americans who are free people and how they contribute to um, the community before, unfortunately for one of them, before he's kind of kicked out of town. Um, you know, we get to Market Square and talk about what Market Square was as a site. Um, we know that there was slave trading done on that site. We also know there were uh, enslaved people that um, actually were vendors at the market. Right now, we still have a market uh, that operates every Saturday, but that market has existed um, since the mid 1700s. And so we're able to tell wow. some stories from back then about individuals um, and what those individuals, how those individuals used uh, the ability to sell goods at the market to free their family and, and move elsewhere uh, and explore life and have a, a, a well, a good life um, in uh, other parts of the region. Um, and of course, we get down to the waterfront and we talk about what the waterfront was and what that history looked like um, as well. Rough. Yeah. And People we talk think about Alexandria. They oh, think, man. oh, it's so beautiful. It right. was rough. It oh, was yeah, really, it was a, really rough. It was an industrial. I mean, it was an industrial town. I mean, and particularly down in that section. Um, it wasn't the, the nice shops and, and things that we have now. Um, you know, you know, even back as as late as the 1950s and 40s it was like the red light district it was it was a, really? an interesting uh, place shall we say. <laughs> um, and so you've got you've got uh, interesting alexander history that you can tell and talk about there is this thing mm -hmm. and you have to look it up uh -huh. okay oh god what is his name he wrote the whole thing on prohibition right he mm -hmm. for dc oh uh, god i think it was in a second um he talks about Capitol Hill mm -hmm. and specifically Massachusetts Avenue, like how it runs into like um, what is now North Capitol. That used to be the canal, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you used to be able to canal from, so imagine the mall's not there. Yep. You take the canal, what's right in front of you, Alexandria, right? They yep. talk about like how the bars were all down Pennsylvania, what is now Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, was, all the bars are down there and you could and you could get to Alexandria and they say that if you can't afford the women of the night uh, in in Washington D.C. that mm -hmm. you could go to Alexandria, yeah. and um, <laughs> and it was crazy because you have to realize. Imagine you're standing. Imagine you're standing at the Capitol, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just sort of like maybe a block away from the Capitol on the right hand side, like looking down the mall, and that's just water. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right? right? That's all water. And what's in front of you? Alexander's in front of you, right? Okay. Like if you take out all of the statues, you're looking right at it. Mm-hmm. And it's an amazing I, thought to think it like how it was, but like prohibition and all the stuff and all the brothels and everything that led to prohibition and not long that they drained the canal. We're not talking like 10, 200, 300 years ago. Right. So it's amazing to see like the differences of like such a small, we're a very small area. We are. I mean, DC, yeah. DC Alexandria, Northern Virginia is so small. We're nothing. You're yeah. like, you're not even the Bronx. You're not even the Bronx. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's wild to think of everything that's happened right here and like, you're the size of the of this little section of New York City, mm-hmm. right? Like it's crazy. I'm sorry. I keep going. No, I just, that's all right. No, no, no. I just, I'm just, I'll think of his name in a minute because you have to like do this tour with him because hmm. there is like, not a tour with him, but you have to do the the prohibition portion of it. Okay. Because that also leads to a lot of um, enslaved people becoming free. Absolutely. And prohibition really helped make a huge difference in people and money. Yes. In monies, money, and also more people. Uh, being able to to get all of their families out of the South. That's right. That's illegally, right. illegally, That's... but great. Take it, take the money. Right? So yeah, we do that tour. Um, we also do a tour around Duke Street uh, here in the city, um, and talking about the different historical sites uh, along there. Um, and then we've started to probably again, we'll probably not probably not uh, release it this year, but we're gonna do a bus tour for uh, the various uh, churches that we have. We have a number of historic African-American churches that have some kind of wonderful history that we'll be able to tell and talk about and uh, hopefully introduce a number of people too, so. That's great. Yeah. All right, I have to go on a, I have to go on a tour. I'll bring you cocktails. Do. Okay, <laughs> All right, that's perfect. I'll bring a hip flask for everybody. I'll be yeah, like- That works. I'm like, so what year are we in? And you'll be like, we're in blah. Okay, you're not allowed to legally drink. I'm like, it's a very special tour. Whatever amount of people are on that tour will be a very special tour. Uh, okay, I can't you, wait you for that. You could be like a, you could raise funds. Raise yes. Especially, yes. 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 Special, like, yes. We, could do we that. should do that, yeah. for sure. We will definitely talk about that. That would be so much fun, especially Absolutely. for the churches, because again, Right? Like, yeah. who made alcohol? It wasn't, everyone thinks like all the distillers were owned by white, but they were not. They, it was not the white people that made alcohol 100%, period. They didn't own the distilleries, they didn't make the alcohol, they didn't do anything. And I feel like it's like such a, uh, people are afraid to talk about it, that the history is, is like yeah. you wouldn't have all these cocktails had it not been for like an entire race of people. Right. You know what I mean, and thank God because you wouldn't have had, <laughs> you wouldn't have had flavors and all the things that went into it, and like there's just so much. I love all this history, by the way. Just so. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's amazing. To, it, it's insane. Like it, when you get to the West Indies and how uh, everybody yeah. brings all the flavors and yes. everything here, and you're fucking eating gruel, and then you're like, oh yeah, we're gonna you're gonna enslave me. You don't even know what the fuck you're doing. Like and like and like they can make all of the alcohol. They can make all of these things, and then this happens. It's it's beyond wild to me how that happens. I haven't gotten as deep in kind of food history as I've wanted to, but it's, you know, the kind of skimming the surface and learning a couple of stories. Again, like you said, how people have brought their background and and the situation that they're in kind of to the table and been creative around food and drink. And, And now, you know, generations later, we get to, we still get to take advantage of that Unfortunately, we don't always know the story. That's what I it. said. We don't always. I, know. I think that's that's just um, that's an opportunity for all of us to learn. But I I think you're right. There's so many people that don't realize that this kind of mashing of cultures has resulted in some of this. 
Yeah, and you need to tell the story because yeah, like, that's absolutely. really the truth. Like, that's of, right. like all of it. That's right. Like we know, chefs know. People work in restaurants. We we are far. I think they they know more than everybody else because they mm-hmm. they study where all these things come from, right? That's right, right. And there's no way that like when the time that they all show up on your plate, dinner plate, it doesn't overlap, and then it makes sense of like where these flavors are starting to happen. Cardamom. That's a good example. It wasn't just. It's a complex But if you don't tell, like, my children, they're young still, how the story happens so it never happens again, that's the only way it ever happens again, right? Yeah. Well, no one's talking about women's rights, and it didn't happen again. Sorry, Mm -hmm. keep going. I mean, it's, 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 no, that's fine. I mean, because it is, it is about telling people the truth, telling folks the whole Mm -hmm. story, and so we start to value each other more, right, in our cultures and where we've come from in our past. Um, because we then can put that on a plate and say, oh, I get this from this culture. And there, there's value in that, yeah. right? There's value in those people and what, who they are and what they bring to the table. I think that's that's kind of why we I started Manu Mission Tour Company. You know, growing up here in Alexandria, you talked about George Washington. You talked about Robert E. Lee. You knew where they went to church. You knew where they had drinks. You knew where they did all this stuff. And it was just like, oh, nobody else is here, huh? Yeah. It's just these guys, not no women, no people of any color or other background, even though we're Port City, like uh, there's so much missing from that story. And so being able to fill the holes and and further understand the complexity of early Alexandria, I think is necessary. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what else is really necessary? A tip? It is. Great. Let's do it. Okay. So what are we doing here today? Now, did I mention how much I love the season? In the winter here, you have beautiful citrus. This is citrus season, right? And you have key limes. Key limes are my favorite. And key limes are so unique, right? You have these beautiful, beautiful little guys they hold in your hand, right? And I love them. And like you would say, oh, what are you gonna do with these lovely things? Well, you know, I'm obviously not gonna juggle them because I'm a terrible juggler, but I am very good at making cocktails. So let's get into key lime. Let's open a few up and like see what we're talking about here. So key limes are these beautiful aromatic um, citrus fruits and they're used primarily in dessert, right? Everyone's seen key lime, whatever, but really what you're not, what you're missing is that this is so uniquely, um, uniquely and obviously in like all of your different sense of like cleaners, uh, foods, perfumes, you have no idea how much you actually like this It's incorporated into your life every day until you actually open one up and squeeze it. And I wanna show you the difference. Uh, the key lime that's kind of that is ready and that one that's quite not there yet so this one here right nice and supple this one it's a little bit of time so this one we'll put them together and side by side and squeeze them notice this one give you all the juice and what is this they said like a thing the darker the berry the sweeter the juice well the key lime it's the softer the lime the more juice that you get right we can make that a thing i don't know i'll catch you on the cocktail side those little key limes are so damn cute. Yeah, and they're, they're so tasty. Yeah, but they're versatile, right? They're in everything. They are. They're in everything. They're in everything, and they're also going to be in the next cocktail. So, uh, where are they going to go to get this tip and trick? You're going to go to Designated Drinker Dodge Show for the tip and uh, and recipes, and also a link to John and to touring, right? Yes, yes everything. Absolutely. We'll make sure we'll have his home address on there and his phone number. And if you have any complaints, <laughs> you can text him. Yes. Um, he likes it when you go to his house to talk to him about do you, have an, do you have an original knocker? Like, <laughs> no, like, I don't. I'm, I'm so envious of folks in Old Town that have these big door knockers. I definitely want one. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> or you can follow us on Instagram at Designated Drinker, and you can see my shiny face making different cocktails and uh, showing you the tips. Yes. In person, in yeah. tricks. Yeah, and if you've missed any of that, don't worry. Um, you just can, yeah, you can just go scroll down into your episode notes. There'll be hot links to Insta, to the website, designatedrinker.show, because you want to go there. Six seasons of recipes. Six. Oh, that's crazy. Starting set. It's over 300. Seven. Yes. So, all right. So all of that brings us to the end of part one with Designated Drinker, the owner and founder of Manumission Tour Company and Councilman, John T. Chapman. Um, but if you're anything like us, me, Gina, or John, um, one round is just never enough. So go off, top off that cocktail, and get ready for part two of this episode as we continue our boozy banter, and Gina's going to craft a cocktail to honor all the good that John does. So you know, don't want to miss it. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latino-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink, 